We have a very special episode for you all today. I am so excited to be doing a joint episode with my friend Chelsea Joe from the Systemize Your Life podcast. This is an episode that is airing on both her show and my show, and we are going deep. In this episode, we are going to talk about number one, what it really looks like to live out our mission in motherhood and how so much of that has to do with our own generational healing from what we were taught from our mothers. We're also going to talk about what it looks like to carry on the mission to the next generation as we are both raising daughters and what we want to be instilling in our daughters when it comes to their value and their worth and how they see motherhood and how they see womanhood and how they see Jesus when we are not always our best and when we are our best and how we're making sure to center Jesus in all that we are teaching them. But most importantly, what we're talking about today is just the importance of saying, hey, we don't have to live a motherhood that feels bad. We don't have to live a motherhood that is tearing us apart, that is that is causing us to become lost, that we value ourselves, we value our needs, we're making sure that our needs are well taken care of so that we can pour into everything that we are called to well and owning the passions and missions that God has placed in our lives, in our spirits, and boldly stepping into them and why we are both so passionate about the work we do for other mothers that we can make sure that this is not just something that starts and stops with us, but that we are just a ripple in what's going to be a huge just wave of impact as we one by one change the narrative of motherhood all around. So without further ado, I am so excited to welcome Chelsea Joe to the Meant for This podcast. Welcome to Meant for This with Caroline J. Sumlin, a podcast for the modern Christian mama who wants to redefine the current narrative and unapologetically show up for what she's been called to in the home, community, marketplace, and the world in that order. Here, you will find tools, resources, education, and inspiration that will help you break free from burnout, get focused, live on purpose, and manage it all with grit and grace, because you are meant for this life that God has called you to. All right, Chelsea, Joe, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're with us today. Yeah, vice versa. Welcome to to my side, to the show here uh, with my listeners too. Yeah, absolutely. So the name of my podcast is meant for this. The name of your podcast is... Systemize Your Life with Chelsea Joe. Yes, I love it. You know what? I think the best idea for us to is to introduce ourselves to each other's audiences and talk a little bit about what we do and of course what our podcasts are about. Um, Chelsea Joe, will you do the honors? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So my name is Chelsea Joe. I am the host of the Systemize Your Life podcast. I am a work from home mom. Got two little girls. A She's eight. She's going to be nine. I almost said seven. <laughs> what is happening? And a three-year-old. Um, uh, my husband and I have been married for about five years and um, I am running an academy uh, for work from home moms that are trying to manage home and business. And I also have had a 15 year career as a sign language interpreter that I still manage anywhere from, I don't know, two to 10 hours a week on top of that. So I got a lot going on on my plate and I am the systems chick. I provide systems. That is my go-to is to provide tools to moms so that they really can feel like they're not being pulled in every direction and feel like they're giving their best self to every area of their life. I love that. And I, I geek out at the fact that you're a sign language interpreter. Like if that could have been like an alternate career of mine, I totally would have gone that route because I taught myself sign language from elementary school through 
high school and I even used sign language when I was working at Apple and I used to do the interpretations for all the deaf customers that would come in. Uh, could not remember most of it now. <laughs> I do know, I know my basics, but I don't know enough to do that. I would not feel comfortable with that, but I've always loved sign language. So when you told me that, I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder why we're friends. This is the reason <laughs> right here. Um, but all right, my turn. So my name is Caroline J. Sumlin. I am the host of the Meant for This podcast. I help moms of faith. I like to say moms of faith or Christian moms, but honestly, anyone is welcome. But I help mothers steward their calling in the home and the world. Or another way I like to say that is I help you steward your motherhood calling and pursue your dreams boldly. So my mission is to help moms, number one, manage their life and their time and their home as mothers and learn how to conquer their overwhelm and their burnout and thrive in motherhood and make room for what matters. And also that what matters part feeds into the fact that I believe that every single person on this earth, but especially us women have more than one calling and it's time for us to own it, to step into it, to pursue that. And I teach you how to pursue those callings that are on your heart, those dreams and desires that God has placed there. I teach you how to pursue them well, while honoring your motherhood season while making sure that motherhood, your first mission, your first ministry still remains your first ministry so that you don't have to feel like you're sacrificing either one. And I do that through, um, a couple of a couple of venues. My main way is my membership program, which is a which is an academy as well. Although I think we run ours differently. Mine is a monthly membership program, and so I teach workshops and I have mini courses. We do coaching calls, co working sessions, the whole nine. And I teach mothers how to organize their homes, create routines um, that really work for them and their children. Learn how to create household management systems, but also learn how to prioritize and set goals and to discover what their calling is as a mother and be faithful stewards of that. And again, make that time, make that room for what matters to be able to dream and to go after what, um, what their callings are. And so that's the main program I have right now. I have a couple other things that I do. Sometimes I teach one-off workshops. Um, I have other programs that I kind of launch here and there. So can't really say too much right now of what I have coming down the pipeline. So I'll just speak, I'll just speak to my academy right now. And of course my, my podcast is, the other way that I, I teach this information. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I have two beautiful little girls. Mm-hmm. I have a four-year-old and I have a two-year-old. So I'm in the thick of it, which is why our <laughs> podcast interview started late tonight <laughs> because there's, I don't think they're asleep right now, but that's okay. My husband has the monitor. Um, but yes, I'm in the thick of it and work from home and um, currently homeschooling as well. That was decided pre-pandemic, but you know, then you throw a pandemic in there and then you're kind of forced to do it anyway. So currently right now, homeschool mom, and I don't know how long I'll be a homeschool mom, but right now for the foreseeable future. So I am definitely managing um, both aspects of homeschooling, which is like a full-time job in itself and running the business and, you know, being, being the mom and being the wife. So yeah, that's about me. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure, whoever, it doesn't matter where you're listening to this podcast. So this episode is going to be on both of our podcasts, which are super excited about it. And, um, we actually teamed up, even though we have the same mission and we aimed to really be the hands and feet, um, much like one another, we go about it in a different way, but we really teamed up because we feel so strongly about this mission. And I really have no idea how I came to find you truly. I don't, but I was like, Oh my gosh, you know? And it just was, it's just so incredible to me to find another woman that is like truly on the same mission as me that really believes so strongly in women living out what they were called to be. And so I would love for us to talk about why this is our mission. Like what makes you so passionate about this? What, where does this come from for you? Oh my goodness. I, I'm going to keep it short because it is, I'm so passionate about it that I could honestly talk for hours. I'm going to give you the shortened version, but man, it's, it's a couple of reasons. One is because I have always been in search of purpose my entire life. So I am an adopted child slash, well, I'm an adult now. I'm not a child anymore. I'm an adult, (laughs) but I was adopted. Um, I was adopted around the age of three. So, um, and I, I've my entire life, I knew I was adopted. It was never, I don't have memory of finding out. So that's how young I found out, if that makes sense. Um, So my entire life was sort of just framed around the fact that I was adopted. And 
even though I thought as a child that I accepted that and I was comfortable with that. And it's like, I was, but I wasn't. And I didn't realize that like subconsciously I was always on search of purpose and mission. And as I got older and got into my teenage quote unquote angsty years, yes, but not just like the typical teenage angst. I, I really struggled with, um, with feeling like I didn't belong and feeling like I was an actual mistake. And I knew that in order for me to live a life that was true to me, I had to figure out a, like, why, why did God put me here? Why in the world was this my story? Why was I born to the parents that I was born to born into the situation that I was born to and, and adopted like the, I, I can't give you the story right now, but let's just say it's a traumatic one. And it's enough that it really made me feel like, okay, I'm either just a flat out mistake or there must be so much purpose there because God saw, saw fit to save me from that. And I still wrestle with that kind of joy and grief that, that is kind of simultaneous. So that's really where that purpose really comes from. And then the second part of that is I also, um, was raised by my mom mainly. My mom and dad were divorced, but I had a relationship with both of them. My, my father, I saw him often. And my mom was the one that didn't have a career that she loved. And I saw that how that impacted our relationship. She was often very angry, often very tired and stressed out. And we did not start having a positive relationship until I was an adult and she was retired. <laughs> that That says something. And I knew that I wanted to Number one, I wanted to mother my children and prove that mothers and daughters, I prayed for daughters and I'm so glad I have them. Like, I really feel strongly that God put this vision on me. I prayed for daughters. I wanted to prove that mothers and daughters could have strong relationships, that they did not have to be that typical, oh, mothers and daughters, oh, it's going to be terrible. I wanted to prove that wrong. And when I really got in the thick of it, that's when I really started to realize, okay, the only way for me to be as present and as, 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 yeah, as present as I can with my children and to love them well was for me to live a life that I felt called to and I, that fulfilled me. And I started to make those parallels to my mom, not having that in her life, but my father always did. My father loved what he did. He was a scientist from day one. He lived and breathed science. He literally lit up. He worked all the way to the day that he died. Like hands down, he was 74 years old. He was not retired, worked full-time, multiple jobs in the field of chemistry. And I saw how he was able to instill a love of life into me. He loved everything that he did. And I never saw him really just angry or frustrated or not loving life because anything he loved, he did that. Um, and so I, I felt a difference when I was with him because of how happy he was as a person who I was with my mom. So I knew that I wanted to kind of model after him and find work that I loved and find and, and f create a life that I loved so that I could be the best that I could be for myself and my children. So I think both of that from my history of adoption to my parents and to just my own experiences with once motherhood hit too have really shaped why this is so important to me. And once I started meeting other moms that struggled with the same thing, moms, I, I didn't realize how toxic the motherhood culture could be. I didn't realize it when I, I was start, starting to get pregnant and I was starting to have children. Just my first pregnancy, I was just all happy-go-lucky and I thought everything was going to be great. And then all of a sudden people started feeding in these terrible stories like, oh, just you wait. Oh, you're not going to do this anymore. Oh, you're not going to want to look pretty. You're not going to put on makeup anymore. Your life's going to be terrible. You're never going to sleep again. Oh, you can forget those dreams you had. Like I didn't recognize, I didn't realize that was going to like really start happening. And I started to see it everywhere, especially online. I was like, oh, mothers are really miserable. So when I was pregnant before I experienced it, I was afraid of it. And I was like, okay, it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen to me. And then when I had my first child, it happened to me. <laughs> so once I lived it, that's when I was like, all right, we, this can't continue. I have to change this narrative. I'm not going to allow myself to succumb to a motherhood that makes me feel like my entire life is over. I'm not going to allow myself to lose myself in motherhood. I'm not going to let the Caroline who is passionate about life disappear because she's a mom now. I have to do it for my children and I have to do it for myself. And so that's why I'm passionate about it. And that's why I love to teach it. And I just really hope that this mission just spreads like wildfire.
Yeah. And with your passion, it definitely will. <laughs> it's like every time, <laughs> every time I listen to you online, I'm like, preach friend, <laughs> like, get it. <laughs> We're going to go to church tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can hear it's like, Oh my goodness. You know, and I'm, I'm such a introverted extrovert, you know, I've got passion deep down in my bones, but getting it to come out sometimes, which is, the, is why the podcast has been such a beautiful thing for me. But, uh, you know, everything was always introspective in my life. And I journaled my entire life away. I've been a writer my entire life. And I wasn't vocal about really anything. And now it's like, speak it into the microphone, tell the world about it. So that's been, that's been my outlet for everything that I saw. It was writing for years and now it's the podcast. And I, um, you know, I too came to this place through my mother and I think that, wow. I, I, isn't that crazy? I, I just, yes. Tell us all the things I know so many of us can relate to your story, my story. Like, isn't it crazy that it's our mothers though, right? (laughs) I know. And that is like, we're going to talk about that. So like benchmark this, we're going to talk about this whole like idea of where does that leave us as mothers now in this generation, when we know the stories, when we know the experiences that we've been through, but to tell you my experiences and why I've become so passionate about making sure that mothers don't lose themselves in motherhood. Make sure that mothers know that they are called to do something great. And if motherhood is the thing that you're called to do, do it well. And if you're called to do other things that don't look like traditional motherhood, that's fine too. You are all created so uniquely for a very specific reason. And it just absolutely like blows me away. And it really tears me up inside when I see women just completely losing their self because in the name of I'm a mom now, you know, that's what really kills me. And so growing up, my parents are married for 27 years and then they got divorced and that could pretty much like benchmark right when all their kids were gone out of the house, you know? And so they stayed together because their parents and because they were parents and because they were taking care of the kids. And when I went into college, they just couldn't, they just, there was nothing left there for them and their marriage for them to stay together. And so they divorced and I knew it was coming most of my life. I saw my mom do everything in the name of her children. And as I got older, I saw her grapple with, I've done everything for my kids my entire life. And there's resentment and there's bitterness and no fault of her own. She was taught to do that. She was shamed to be that way. Um, And there are so many women that are living that now still. And it's like, you've got to break free from that. And, you know, watching my mom, she, she found the jobs that fit her kids' school schedules. She worked at the schools that we went to so that she could be close by us so that she could drop us off and pick us up because who else would do it? She's mom. She has to do it, you know? And I don't ever remember my mom being miserable. She was a a beautiful, wonderful mom, the most patient caretaker, like she amazing, but I knew. And I mean, if we could find my journals from when I was eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, I knew that my mom was lost and broken inside that she was living for her children. And, and that was pretty much it. And it hurt me as a child. I mourned for her and it ingrained in me this idea that I'm either going to get to be me or I'm going to get to be a mom. And I was like, I am not going to be a mom. Like, I don't want that. And so I was like, I am not having kids ever. I will not have children because I knew I wanted to do something. I knew from how involved I was in school, like any extracurricular activity and sport you could think of, I was probably doing it. And And that was my life. You know, I was like, this is me. I'm doing all the things. I love it. And, and then my high school sweetheart was like ready to get married after college. I mean, after high school. And I was like, Oh no, like I can't do this because I can't have kids. I can't be a mom. I don't want to give up who I am to do this right now. And so I struggled through all of my twenties, trying to figure out what that meant to me. And I didn't have kids until I was 28. And it came from 
from an identity crisis, really trying to figure out why all of these other women were happy and married and having kids. And I wasn't, but I had an incredible career. I had an amazing career and I worked really, really hard for that. And it validated me and that my choices were accurate, but I was completely lost spiritually. I'd gotten myself into a five-year long relationship that was abusive by definition. I was in a super negative cyclical relationship and I couldn't get myself out of it for years and years and years. And when I did, it truly was because I had a vision implanted into my heart and mind that said, daughter, I have a better life for you. Just follow what I have for you. And so it took me about a year to get my act together and, and get a lot of things safely put in place so that I could create a new life for me and my daughter. And, and I did. And then now every single day of my life, I'm living it, but it was because I stepped into what I was called to do. And I stopped listening to everything that had been indoctrinated into me my entire life through what I saw and what I heard with other women, even my mom and just really everyone around me. I never saw women growing up doing both. It was always shame on that mom for dropping her kids off at daycare and shame on that mom for wearing the business suit and, and being so high and mighty in her career. They should be a mom. Right. And that's the world that I grew up in. And I didn't think I could have both, which I figured out that you can, you know, and that's why I truly believe that moms are not taught. Women are not taught the tools that they need to succeed in both of them. It's either you're going to do this or you're going to do this. No, it's not. Just like anything that you do, grab your tool bag, fill it up with tools that are going to help you for the jobs that you have and go out and do great things with your life. But where do you find the tools? You know, and so I believe that there have been certain people and there will continue to be certain people like me and, and like you that were called with our experiences to create the tools for women to learn to know how to do it. And I hope that that ripple turns into waves and, and truly changes the culture of motherhood. That is my mission is to change the culture of motherhood. Mm, Wow. Your story moved me so much, so much. And I'm sure there are so many mothers right now that are listening, that are just nodding their heads they felt that same thing. They were taught, you can't do both. To be the best mom that you can be, you have to give everything to your kids. That's what the best moms do. The best moms don't go to work. The best moms don't climb the corporate ladder. The best moms don't have anything outside of, outside of motherhood. They do everything for their children. And, it, and I, I know this to be true because I hear it every day in my DMs. We just recently had a coffee chat that I hosted for the moms in my community. It's just a, a free thing that I offer to do. And we're going to do that once a month. And every single mom on that coffee chat was literally crying by the end of it, not in a bad way, but because we were all talking about, they had never felt so seen and had never felt like they'd been given the permission. And, and there's, and there's two things, right? There's this, this world, this society that kind of tells us that, you know, motherhood is going to be terrible. And that it's going to just suck your whole life dry. And while there is, I don't want to say there's some truth to that. There's truth to the difficulty. Motherhood is the most difficult thing that we will ever do. And we all know that, right? But, you know, there's, there's kind of the culture online that there's, you know, either the, the memes that basically kind of mock the terrible life of motherhood, the hot mess mom that never sleeps and never has time for herself and never takes a shower and those kinds of things. And either makes you, it makes you just feel like just kind of either fear motherhood or once you're in it, just embrace the hot mess. And this is what it is. And you'll just, it'll never be the same again. And you're just going to say, okay, it sucks, but I just kind of accept that. Um, And then there's another side of kind of that culture that's like, kind of, um, especially, especially because, you know, we, we're, we're Christians living in a secular world. So in the secular world, there's the, you really want to prioritize motherhood kind of question mark 
thought process, you know, there's it, it I think it's it's a lot of the boss mom culture too. So I I always want to make sure that when I'm communicating, yes, I'm an entrepreneur and yes, I'm a mom. I'm not I'm not here for the boss mom culture of the okay, I'm just gonna create my own empire and you know, my kids kind of are just not necessarily an afterthought. I don't want to shame or judge a mom. I'm more so just saying I've just noticed in rhetoric that wanting to be a homemaker as well is it, it, it kind of that can also get a funny look that the the moms that really do say okay I do want to maybe not be full-time working or full-time doing something else and I do want to be more full-time at home I do want to really embrace the homemaking role I really want to embrace being with my children more I do kind of want to go the non-traditional route maybe the that mom wants to homeschool maybe that mom wants to only work part-time or, or not work at all like you said maybe that is your one thing maybe you are just super gung-ho about your calling and motherhood and that is awesome that's what you feel called to but there is a culture out there that looks down on that and it's like you know why, why would you, you you've got more to do like like you're, you're not contributing to your household financially. You're putting all the burden on your husband to make the money. What are you doing with your life? Oh my goodness, you have it easy. There's a lot of judgment and shame on that end too. So there's yeah. the moms that kind of judge and like the whole, what are you doing dropping your kids off at daycare? Excuse you. The best moms are the ones that are giving their life to their kids. And then there's another area of the world that's like, what are you doing with your life? You're just, your, your husband has all the burden. You know, you're like, you're letting your kids control you or you're letting your kids run your life and take and take over and really shaming that mom that may have the heart for being like, yes, I mean, I, I do have dreams and, and visions and mission, but I know that my first ministry is motherhood and I love that. And I want to honor that. And I want to actually show that motherhood can be enjoyable, that motherhood and that ministry of motherhood can be something that you can thrive in, that you can love to do. And, and that it can be a first, an, heaven forbid the 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 biblical way that we're actually supposed to live our life with god first and then our marriage and and then motherhood right under that our children right under that that's always supposed to come before anything else but our world has that backwards where it's career career work 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 first and family second and we wonder why everyone's so broken so i think there's is everyone's kind of against each other and and you and i are like here like let let's bridge the gap let let's let's bridge that let's show that that that's there's purpose in motherhood and also and you can and you can do that well you can thrive in that well you can steward that well and also you can be called to other things and you can do that boldly and there doesn't have to be a shame in either one of those things it doesn't have to be mom guilt for either one so the moms on that call were literally in tears because they felt so seen because they're like you were the first person that I've followed or found that made me feel like it was okay to love motherhood and want to honor that mission and vision and steward that well and also have something else that I dream of that I feel called to do as well. And that I don't have to feel guilty for either one. Yeah. And I think it's just a lack of people not even beginning to understand how it's possible. And yep. from the amount of time that I, from my own mom groups, like Facebook mom groups that I'm in just because I was in them. And then I shifted and I created this business a year and a half ago. I'm still in those groups and it is incredible to me how much hatred and complaining there is about motherhood and that exact shaming that you're talking about, you know, and I'm like, if only they knew, if only they knew that, yeah, you're going to have to be disciplined, but we all know, like you could ask anybody that's happy, how much discipline they have in their lives that discipline is important. It's an, it's important for us to have instilled and to play out in our own lives because that's how our children learn it. Right. And so this act of disciplining ourselves, I think is hard for a lot of moms because motherhood is so hard and because they come into it broken from the birthing process, because I could go off on that whole thing too. And how traumatic that is for a lot of women. And then they come into their fourth trimester and they're depleted of emotional, physical, and nutritional 
needs that they really, really have. And then immediately if they're working, they're thrown back into work. And here in America, most husbands don't have enough paternity leave to be able to support them. And so they're just on this path of like constantly deprived deprived in every which way. And no one is pouring into them. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm clearly doing motherhood. So I'm going to do it differently. And that's just been me, right? I'm always the one that's like, oh, I'm going to be the black sheep. I'm going to do things differently. And I found the support that I needed. And I started reading and I started finding resources. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. My big thing is efficiency. Why do we have to recreate the wheel over and over and over again. Why do we have to try and fit a square peg in a round hole every day of our life? Like our lives were not created to be that complicated. There's got to be a better way to do it. So yeah, I think that there's um, an unfortunate inequity in the resources that women are given to do their lives compared to what men are given to do their lives. And that even goes further within minority groups as, as you go down that chain. And I am just super passionate about making sure that women understand that you're the only person that can decide what your calling is and, and you don't have to listen to anybody else. You don't even have to listen to the voice of your mother in your ear And that's a hard thing for a lot of us to a recognize that it probably is our mother's voices that we're listening to and B that you can still respect and love your mother and not listen to her voice when you're a grown woman and, and honor her and respect her deeply, but find your own way, find your own path. And I would love to know, uh, and, and, and just kind of have the conversation with you about this concept of of how we are the voices to our children and what does our mission mean for that, for the kids that we're raising right now? Um, Just kind of your perspective on that. Yeah, that really touches me so deeply because in, in first of all, just everything you said, you just hit the nail on, on the nose and you said it so eloquently about from our broken system to the depleted needs of mothers and, and going down the path of, you know, with minority women and not even, not even to mention how generational it is too, yes. right? So you're talking about the voices of our mothers and the voices of their mothers mm-hmm. and the voices of their mothers. So what we're hearing is not just the voice of our mothers, but we're hearing generations of voices, generations of brokenness, generational curses that, and I really do believe our generation mm-hmm. is one of the first generations to begin putting their foot down to generational curses in so many ways from motherhood to mental health, to, um, substance abuse, to Mm -hmm. other things that I can't think of right now, but you think about it, you name it. We are beginning to put our foot down to those generational curses and we have a lot of work to do, but that's really where it comes from. So, you know, you're right in the fact that so much of the voice that I hear in my head and you hear in your head and most of us here in our heads is the voices of our mothers. And I really also, struggle more than I, more than I expected to not sounding like my mother. Oh man. I didn't realize it was going to happen. And I'm just it, you open it, your mouth and she comes out. Right. I'm just, it's like, yeah, I'm just like, girl, you don't go sit down somewhere. <laughs> right. Like, like what are we doing? We, nobody invited you here. Um, <laughs> um, and I've, I've had to check myself, but what I love, and, and I, I used to get really down about that too, because some, and I, I love my mother dearly. We have a great relationship now and, and we've been able to have some open conversations about some of the things that she has said to me when I was a child or a teenager and even a younger adult, like in my early twenties and stuff. And a lot of what she said to me was very hurtful and not very nice and really made me feel like a very inadequate human being. And, um, I'm able to recognize now where so much of that came from. And, and so I recognize now that like, the few times I've let myself get to a place where I'm saying something the way my mother would say it, I'm able to check myself and realize what's going on with me. Why did that just happen? Because that's not me. And, um, and usually it's coming from a place of feeling depleted, coming from a place where I feel like I don't matter and recognizing that my mom probably felt like she didn't matter her entire life, which is, which is heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely heartbreaking. So I am determined to make sure that what I say to my daughters is constantly affirming 
is constantly making, like letting them know and helping them not only to, not only affirming them, but teaching them how to affirm themselves, teaching them how to seek Jesus, teaching them that we are weak people in need of a savior. So that yes, there are great, I have great mommy days where I say all the right things and I'm as patient as I possibly can. And I'm telling my children how beautiful they are. And when they're having discipline issues, I am getting on their level and I'm doing everything I read in all the books because I am at peace with myself. And then of course I have the days where I am not doing that. And I do slip up or I do snap a little bit. and I have to bring myself back. But the beautiful thing about it is that awareness and that determination to again, break the generational curses is to be able to say, mommy is having a bad day and mommy needs Jesus's help and mommy needs your forgiveness. I should not have said this like this. You are this and restoring that. And that's something that that's, excuse me, that is something that never happened when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. So even though, because we're, if we, if we put too much pressure on ourselves, I do believe that we'll work ourselves into kind of a tizzy of being like, oh my goodness, anytime I mess up, I'm ruining my children forever. At least that's me. I, I, the first time I allowed myself to get to that place when you know, the, the three nature of, of my daughter started to come out and I was like, oh snap. <laughs> and I was depleted and, and she was being a three nature and I was, ah, it just came out. And, uh, but I, I, when it was first starting to happen, I started to feel, I, I got really depressed because I was like, oh my goodness, I am not, I'm not who I thought I was. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I'm just like my mom. Maybe, maybe I don't have what mm. it takes. Like how could, how could I have said this or how could I have thought this or how could I have you know, yelled in this capacity, you know, and I, I used to really get down about that. Um, and I've, I've thankfully gotten to a place where I can receive some grace about that and recognize that a, this is exactly why it matters to be filled. This is why we cannot lose ourselves in motherhood. This is why we have to make sure that we are not only number one with Jesus and getting it right with him, but number two, living a life that fulfills us in not only just in our calling, as far as just the things that we do, but living a life that fulfills us in all ways, in all of our core needs being met. That is so important. So that's what really affirmed why, oh, I do matter. Cause I used to believe I didn't. And I still wrestle with that. Oh, oh no, 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 Caroline, you do matter. Your needs do matter. Your sleep does matter. Your insert, whatever here, that's why it matters to do this work and to do it with other women and to keep doing it with myself, because that's what's going to eliminate moments like that. But again, I can also have that grace for myself that if and when it does happen, I can then show my daughter in that moment what it means to need Jesus, what it means to be weak, what it means to say I'm sorry, and show her that also mistakes are welcome too. Because I want mm-hmm. her to know that when she makes mistakes, I'm going to hold her. Just like the times that I've made mistakes, she's held me. Yeah. And <clears throat> It's just such a crazy, crazy, crazy experience. Like I'm literally living out that life in my home every day, everything that you just depicted. And I don't know if it's because we have young girls or if it's because we truly are like being like sent out on this same dual mission. So we're just like experiencing life at the same time with one another. Um, (laughs) I know. I just, I love though that my daughters are going to see even in our brokenness that we are still whole and to be able to come to them and say, I'm so sorry that mom was mean to you today. Will you please forgive me? I'm a whole person if I'm able to do that because I recognize, I recognize that I'm important enough to receive forgiveness and ask for it. And that that relationship is so valuable. I really never heard or saw that growing up. Um, and I want to show my daughters what it's like to celebrate their mothers, but also learn how to be the woman that they were called to be. And that's what I'm really actively trying to figure out how to do in my life right now and have been all through my thirties, right. Is how do I celebrate all the incredible things that my mother is but really tease out all of the parts of her that she carried the burden of from 
so many generations behind her because I'm not carrying that burden anymore. And I realized that it was given to me, not by my choice, but because of my environment. And so now it's time for me to figure out how to not make that an environment that my children too have to bear the burden of. And it's a hard, it's a hard job. It's a really hard job. But if there's anything that every single woman that's listening to right now is to figure out what do you need to be whole. And that's a hard conversation um, because we have to approach our husbands with it, which is generationally and culturally sometimes not accepted. That means you're going to have to have really hard conversations with yourself, with the people that constantly need you. That means you're going to have to start putting boundaries in place and figure out what you really want to say yes to. And therefore, now you know exactly what you want to say no to. That's why I teach this fundamental needs system, right? Like that was the system that, that changed everything for me. And that was like one of the first podcast episodes I did. And it's like the thing that I tell all the people is what are your core needs and get them on your calendar before you put anything else on the calendar every single week. What a tangible, easy way to make this happen. Start prioritizing the core of who you are. This looks like nutrition. This looks like cooking food for yourself and not just your children. This looks like, although I only wash my hair like twice a week, friends, taking a shower more often than, than you think that you can get away with, right? Like be okay with saying, Hey, can you watch the kids? Because I want to go take a shower. And when I say like your fundamental needs and the sustainable self-care, I don't mean schedule your, your nail appointment and make sure you have makeup on every day. I don't mean that. I mean, what is the core of who you are? For me, it's going to the grocery store. It's having a time to connect every week with my husband. So we call it date night. It's having physical exercise. It's having personal time, which I have so much personal time that I've blocked out so that I can do this podcast, right? So that I can do this mission. And that that's looks different for me in different seasons of my life. And every season, which I know you're so big on Caroline, but every season you're going to have different fundamental needs. You're going to have different needs that are so just really like the finite pieces of who you are and they have to be listened to, or you will be serving from a place of brokenness and everyone else around you will suffer because of it. There is no possible way. And I all, I use this analogy all the time. Imagine yourself as this like cup, right? And then everything that you have to take care of are like these little Dixie cups in front of you. If you guys have kids, you know what Dixie cups are. And every day you feel like it is your responsibility to fill up those cups. And so you take your cup and you pour it evenly into all these cups and then you get your cup back and you're like, okay, well, I'll sleep four hours tonight. And I'll have three major, huge cups of coffee that probably have tons of sugar in them. And I'll grab a bar and I'll grab something from maybe the Starbucks grocery store and, or drive through. And then you fill up your cup like a little bit. And now you're like, oh shoot, I have to ration for all of these cups in front of me. And every day you're filling up cups from a place of deprivation instead of figuring out what do I need so that all of my cup overflows so much that it's just filling up cups every day because my cup is full. And I know we hear this analogy all the time, but it's a good one. (laughs) Like it's so for real. Yep. I have a podcast episode on that very thing. And I talk about how too that, um, and I have a core need system that I teach inside Meant for Motherhood Academy, probably a little bit different from yours, but you know, very similar. And I talk about different core needs and how they're physical, they're mental, they're emotional, they're spiritual. We have needs in every single area. They're creative needs that we have. And God created us to be creative. Like we have needs that we don't really realize we're tapping into. Um, and I also teach about the fact that in my podcast episode specifically talk about how there's things that we do to just kind of like, like you said, kind of like pour a little bit back in or maintain, if you will, like it's, it's only going to be kind of like when you, I, I always use the um, analogy of like a gas tank, right? So if you're going to go and you're going to fill a quarter tank up of a gas and then you're, how far are you going to get with a quarter tank? And if you kind of keep having to fill up a quarter of a tank, you're going to deplete more easily. But then if you make sure that you're filling up your car all the way up to full, how long are you, how much more gas mileage are you going to get with that? So same thing with how we're looking at our personal cups, our personal gas tanks that are inside of us. Um, there's things that we have to do that we have to make sure are done to make sure that we're filled all the way. 
And there's going to be those activities or, or I don't say tasks, but things that we do that are going to be those maintenance drops that are going to kind of keep us full as we deplete a little bit. We may have to fill back up a little bit during the day. So if you're taking this from a from a um, like a like a routine or a time management life management standpoint, I look at like quiet time as something like a quiet time during the day where I may get an hour to, if I'm lucky, an hour and a half of time where my children are often away from me, that's kind of a maintenance fill. But if I only rely on quiet time every single day, but I never have time to have an entire day to myself, knowing what my needs are, knowing how I'm wired, my personality, my Enneagram number, my, all the things, right. You just kind of take it on the consideration. I know that I need at least twice a week, several hours of time to myself to be quiet, to think, to work, to be creative, to seek God, to do those things in quiet. And I recognize that if I don't get several hours in a row, at least once or twice a week, that that little quiet time is eventually, that's my, my car is going to keep, I'm running out of gas, running out of gas, running out of gas. So it's, I think sometimes we think that, oh, well, you know, I, I woke up 30 minutes before the kids got up and I got my shower and then um, the kids went to bed and I, I had 30 minutes before I passed out. And then we had, uh, we had an hour nap and, and I'm just kind of surviving on this little of time. And you wonder why you're still frustrated or you're still depleted. That's not enough. We have to, we have to use our resources, get creative, be strategic and make sure that the time that we need to fill all of our different types of needs, emotional, spiritual, mental, that, that, excuse me, that might mean that you are carving out an hour to see a therapist every single week or, or visit a support group every single week. That might mean that you're not only getting, you know, three times a week of maybe you're doing 15 minute exercise at home, but you're also committing to two times a week of going to the gym for a longer period of time. That might mean that you are making sure that you have an hour to journal twice a week because you need some emotional time, or maybe that's uh, going to your small group to also fill up your um, social needs. Well, of course, when the world opens back up, right? Um, that is all more than just your little quiet times that you're getting throughout the week. But if you're just relying on little quiet times all the time, you're still going to feel depleted because you're just thinking, okay, well, I have quiet time. I can just, like you said, sit here, drink my coffee, fill my life with sugar, grab my bar. <sighs> okay. Okay. Scroll Instagram <laughs> for a second. <sighs> okay. Do it again. Like that's nothing. That's nothing. So it's important to make sure that we find ourselves worthy to have every single yes. one of our needs met. That was totally my word is you have to know that you're worth it, which is the whole point of why we're having this podcast episode together, why we have ours separate, why we have the academies that we have is to let really the underlying thing here. And I, we can, we can talk about this and then wrap this up. Um, that was like the underlying thing that I really wanted to have come through in this episode. I didn't know how to articulate it and just, you know, let it be. And here it is is where does this come from? My favorite question, my mom told me I was born asking the question why, and I ask why on everything. I'm constantly trying to figure it out. Like what is underneath that? Why has it been like this? Why are we here? And I think it's because women don't feel like they're worth it. They were never told that they were worth it. And they've been devalued for a very, very, very long time. And now to make matters even worse, our communities and our tribes of motherhood and how we survived and supported each other have completely dissipated, um, completely dissipated. And, um, you know, I just encourage people to find that kind of friendship, to find your community, even if it's online, that's fine. COVID has taught us how to be way resourceful with distance in between us, right? Connect with other women, open yourself up and, and find that support, find that worth that you need. Because at the end of the day, when you look back, everything that you're doing this for right now, if it's in the name of your children, it's actually harming them more than it's hurting them. It's to deplete yourself so far down into the ground because they're, they are smart little bookers. And as they grow, they understand, you know, they're, 
they're so much smarter and receptive to things that we don't think we're communicating, but it's very loud and clear when you don't take the time to value yourself enough to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Um, I need you to please leave the bathroom because I'm trying to finish my bath in peace. And no, I don't want your rubber duckies in here right now. We can have rubber duckies in the bath tonight. Like it's okay to say these things because this time is valuable to me. And that doesn't mean you don't love your children. It means you're loving your children by showing them that you are valuable hands down. Um, so I'm really glad that that came through because that was something I really wanted us to talk about. <laughs> yes, that, that, that is, that is perfect. I don't even feel like I have something flowery to wrap that up with. I think that, that you said that perfectly. The only thing that I thought of too was I had just put on Instagram stories, maybe yesterday, maybe it was yesterday, um, from when we're recording this, obviously. So when you're listening to this, it's, that's null and void. But um, uh, I said something about it, it's okay to teach your children how something they're doing is affecting you. I forgot what the words I said specifically, but this actually came from me like this week actually teaching my four-year-old that she was like the way she was asking me for things was making me feel frustrated Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying and for me allowing myself to say I don't like when you ask me over and over and over again and you're not giving me space I told her I was like you see how many children are there one two how many adults one so if I'm over here giving child number two food and I, and you're pestering me and you're hovering over me about where your water is, even though I've already given you your food, but you don't have your water. So you're thinking about yourself, but you see, I'm over it. You need to start being aware of your surroundings and yeah. realizing, oh, I see mommy's helping Harper right now. So that means I can wait, or I can say, mommy, when you are done helping Harper, can you please give me some water? So I'm starting to work with her on those things. And I, I started to say things like, when you say that, it makes me anxious. I feel pressured because I feel like I can't get to everything at once. And I felt bad at first admitting that I don't want her to feel like she's responsible for my anxiety. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, I don't want her to feel like I'm putting it on her. But at the same time, I was like, but when you're in a healthy relationship, you want to be sensitive to how the other person is feeling. And that's actually how relationships thrive. You know, like, yep. yes, I'm not even our spot. I'm not responsible for my husband's anxiety, but if I know something causes him anxiety, when I do it, I'm not going to do it. So yeah. I think we can teach our children the same thing. I think there's a lot of tab and that's a whole nother conversation for it. Maybe we need to have a second. We need to we, go. We can just have a little series. Okay. Maybe like every other <laughs> month, we just going to do this because this was good. Um, but I, I, I yeah, I, I'm going to wrap it up there, but I think that's, I do think that maybe if there's, if there's only one thing that you got from this conversation today is that you you are, you say, I, I am worth my boundaries and it is okay to, to put some boundaries up with my children. So to make sure that like, I, I'm not forgetting myself. I'm not forgetting my needs. I'm not, I'm valuing myself and making sure my needs are well cared for in every moment of the day. And that I can still be an intentional present mom and value my needs. And there does not have to be any single ounce of mom guilt with that whatsoever. Yeah. Your needs can, your needs are going to be different from your neighbor's needs and from the people in your church, those women's needs, and your needs are going to be different all the day long. And, um, it's so funny that you even brought that up. I just told Frankie Joe this week, she's about to turn nine and she has finally started to think that it's okay to say some things to me that are super sassy. And I've been struggling to deal with her. And I said, you know what, when you talk to me that way, it hurts me. It really hurts me when you talk to me like that. I don't like the way you're making me feel. And she was like, what? And it made her think, how is she talking to me? And it's because I know that I am valuable and I am worth telling this human, even as a mom, even though I should be the one that makes them feel good all the time, that she's not making me feel good. And so I think it's just this whole conversation that, yes, you can do it with a four-year-old. Yes, you can do it with your teenagers. Yes, you can do it with your husband. Yes, you can do it with people in your workplace. Yes, you can, you can live so intentionally and, and make headway towards this, this calling that you have for yourself and whatever that looks like. And I think it really does start with value, valuing yourself enough. So good. So good. This has been an amazing conversation. So I will say that 
on my show, when I have a guest, we always end with a couple of fun questions. Would you be mm, down? Fun. Yeah, let's okay. do it. Okay, cool. So I always like to ask every guest what their Enneagram number is because I'm Enneagram obsessed. So what's your Enneagram number? I am a one wing two. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a three. I think I'm a three wing four. Yeah. I'm you know what four. is so un- I was I probably just could have guessed it. Every human in my life right now that I'm connecting with is a three wing four. (laughs) It is. Some of them are three twos, but they're all threes and it is wild. That's hilarious. I know. I don't know what it is. That's how, oh my God. I I mean, I, I feel like threes are more common than we realize probably, especially because we live in such a, a, an accomplished society you know so that's a a lot of that's been ingrained in us but I thought I thought I was a one for the longest time but I I'm I'm 100% a three I'm not a one I I recognize that okay cool next fun question is always what is like a show that you're watching right now or it could be a movie that you recently watched that you're just like this was amazing everyone needs to go watch it like top recommendation if you have one I cannot cannot watch anything except for nonfiction, AKA reality TV or documentaries. And so I'm watching American Idol right now. I don't watch TV, but I watch American Idol. <laughs> and so you think you can dance Those are like my two television shows. <laughs> so I sit for an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes once a week right now. Cause it just, a new season just started. And I ball my eyes out for like an hour and a half with my husband on the couch. Cause it is for so American good. Idol. It is the most incredible heartfelt show I've ever watched in my life. They just redid it. So the old way that American Idol was, is not that anymore. They legit just focus on these people's stories, where they've been, the trauma they've been through, the triumph that they've experienced. They, they pull out people from minority groups, like you wouldn't believe. And they just spotlight these people and they go to their towns. Like it is legit. It's so good. Okay, maybe I I haven't watched American Idol in years. It's totally the last person that won American Idol for me was Ruben Stuttered. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) or Fantasia, as the entertainer says, Fantasia and M. Okay, (laughs) that's the last time I've watched anything American Idol related. But I do have a reality show fetish with one reality show. What is it? Teen Mom. I have heard of it, but I have not watched it. I've been watching Teen Mom for like 10 years. I thought you were going to say The Bachelor because that was mine for forever. That never was seen for the forever. I've never seen The Bachelor. I've never seen none of the, I don't watch the Kardashians. I don't watch the Real Housewives, nothing. I watch Teen Mom and I occasionally, I, I, I have not, I've lost, I, I, excuse me. Um, I've watched Married at First Sight season, whatever it was mm-hmm. when they were, I forgot where they were. Um. And of course, like when Love is Blind was hot, I like that stuff too. So I'm, I'm going to get back into Married at First Sight. So I like that kind of stuff. But Teen Mom is like, I will not miss an episode of Teen Mom. <laughs> that Teen is Mom fantastic. OG, Teen Mom 2, it's my little secret. <laughs> little secret. I actually, I will not get Discovery Plus because I'm obsessed with Joanna Gaines and all things Magnolia. And they have their own network now. And I really want it. But I know I'll just sit and watch TV like all the time. I I don't have the discipline in me right now. So that would be that would be the show. But I don't have I don't have access to it right now. That's hilarious. No, that's real boundaries because I'm with you. I love Joanna Gaines as well. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I think that was it. It's Enneagram number. It's TV show. And, um, and then I, I always say, if you don't have a TV show, but if you have like a book or a podcast or anything like that, that you want to recommend to and that's why am I blanking on my questions right now like this is my favorite my my book of choice is high performance habits by Brendan Burchard that's like not read that I know I should but I haven't so amazing have not read it so amazing I'm also halfway in between like a a million books right yeah like six of them it's fine exactly (laughs) Um, mine would be stop calling me beautiful by Felicia Masonheimer is really good and I'm also reading standing strong by um Allie Worthington Mm. also a good book Mm. 
so fun having you on on each other's podcasts this has been great yes we gotta do this again um and guys for those of you that that are um, meant for this listeners chelsea joe is going to be our guest expert in the meant for motherhood academy this month she's going to be um on sunday march 28th at 8 30 p.m eastern standard time there's always time to join MMA. This is something that's always open. So if you're interested in joining, you can head to carolinejsomeone.com slash join, and you can come into our membership, meet all the mamas, get in all the workshops, and you can hear Chelsea Joe's goodness. She's going to be teaching us um, a lot about systems for managing your life as a mom. And I'm really excited for what she has to share. She's definitely a genius when it comes to systems. So it's going to be a really great guest expert workshop. Cannot wait to have you for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Meant for This. You can check out the show notes for this episode at carolinejsomlin.com slash blog. If you love what you heard today, I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe to the show. Also, I'd love to hear from you. If you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of today's episode was by taking a screenshot of you listening to the show, sharing it to your Instagram stories, and tagging me so I can see it and connect with you. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I'll see you next time.